Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey friends and neighbors, you're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 18, Building Sleep Habits. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. What's the best way to get a good night of sleep every night? Make it a habit. In this week's episode, I'll be reviewing some of the background into forming new habits, which can be put to good use or bad. I've talked a lot on this podcast about good sleep habits to have, but sometimes making a new behavior into a habit can be rather daunting. So for not just Habits 101, but for a much more extensive background into habit formation, check out The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg for a broad view on habits in individuals and groups and societies. I highly recommend Atomic Habits by James Clear for a very clear breakdown of application for an individual. And The Power of Daily Practice by Eric Meisel for a broader view of using habits in the service of life purposes and intentional living. So when we think about habits, we think of them in what's called the habit loop. There is a cue, a behavior, and then a result. So we have a, a trigger or some kind of reminder, that's the cue, that leads into some habit, whether it's intentional or unintentional, the behavior itself, and then that leads into some kind of reinforcement. So then every time that we're exposed to the cue, results in a behavior, and then some kind of reinforcement after the behavior. So one of the first steps is mindfulness and cue awareness. Whenever behavior occurs or reinforcement, stop and think. Identify immediate preceding behaviors, thoughts, emotions, timing, social context, and start to put together a picture of how these cues to the behavior fit together. You can ask yourself, who am I with? What was I just doing or about to do? Where am I? When is it? What time is it? What emotions are driving my actions right now? Or you can identify a new cue that you want to use, such as a time, location, emotion, or a social context. When trying to form a new habit, the idea is to lower the threshold to success. So when choosing a cue, you want to make sure that the cue, your trigger, is obvious. You want to make it attractive, something compelling. You want to make it easy. And you want to make it satisfying. So when it comes to identifying cues, look at your habits. 
one way to do this is to carry around a card or a, a notes function in your phone and using an alarm that goes off, say, every hour or 40 minutes or some weird interval. But every time the alarm goes off, you pause and write down what you're doing that very moment. What are you doing? Where are you doing it? Who are you doing it with? Why are you doing it? And how are you feeling about it? And keeping track of these cues and behaviors throughout the day will give you a new perspective on which cues might be a little bit less obvious than others. And then you create an implementation intention. It's basically a, a little phrase you could say to yourself to reinforce your intention to engage in some kind of new habit or behavior. The formula goes something like this. I will blank new behavior at blank time in blank location. So if you're trying to remember to floss, for instance, you'd say, I will floss at bedtime after brushing my teeth in the bathroom. And if you say this to yourself repeatedly, or you write it down, or you have it on a post-it note or you know, someplace obvious, you are holding this intention to engage in a new behavior. And not just any new behavior, but you're providing the context that I will engage in this particular behavior at this particular time in this particular location. So then anytime you're exposed to that time and that location, now you've got this intention fresher in your memory. I will engage in this behavior at this time in this location. You may also find it easier to habit stack. And this is basically where the reward of one habit is the cue for the next habit, building on top of each other. And one habit followed by another followed by another is how we build routines. So you could say, for instance, after I brush my teeth, I will floss. Or after I floss, I will put on my PJs. After I'm in my pajamas, I will do five minutes of stretching. After I stretch, and then so on and so on and so on. Stacking one new habit on top of another. Or where you're building a new routine, you can insert new behaviors, new habits, somewhere in a routine that already exists. And this is one way to make new habits attractive, is that we start to pair or bundle our desired new behavior with one that we're already doing, or one that we need to do. Another way to make a new habit more attractive is to join a social community where this kind of desired behavior is really the norm. It helps you to avoid temptation of the habit that you're trying to break. And sometimes that may also mean avoiding a community or a social group that engages in unwanted behaviors. So for instance, if you're trying to quit smoking, hanging out with a bunch of you know, current smokers, it's going to make that a very difficult thing to accomplish. When it comes to making a new habit easy, that means we make it simple. We reduce complexity. We try to limit the number of steps required to get to any sort of successful completion of whatever the wanted behavior is going to be. So, for example, one of the things that James Clear brings up in Atomic Habits, if your goal is to make a new habit of jogging every day, then one simple step for that, one easy step to accomplish, is just to put on your shoes. So if your goal is to go jogging every single day, then what are the individual steps that you need to take to accomplish that? And when you break it down like that, as you start to put on your jogging shoes, whether or not you even go running, you're starting to build the foundation, starting to add in the automaticity 
of these little subunits of the ultimate goal that you're trying to accomplish. Because it's a lot easier to get a win from these smaller, simpler steps than trying to tackle something like running a marathon from scratch. You can make your environment more conducive to the desired behavior, arranging where things are or where they will go. So for instance, if you want to go running, then putting your running shoes at the door, someplace where it's obvious, not hidden in the closet somewhere where you'd have to go digging around for them in order to get to that first step. You can eliminate delays of thinking by planning in advance. So for instance, if you struggle with getting meals on the table every single night, one way to do this is to meal plan ahead. Say one night a week, figure out what the meals are going to be for the rest of the week, and then plan out how long it's going to take to prepare, to serve, and so on. That way, in the moment when you are hungry and the kids are screaming, you don't have to battle hidden desires or or give in because it's already been figured out. Or if you know you want to do a movie night, rather than spending 37 minutes scrolling through all of the options on Netflix, decide ahead of time. Eliminate that delay. When it comes to sleep and we want to do what's called stimulus control and not be awake in the bed, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, it's good to plan out in advance what kind of wakeful activities you're going to engage in. You know exactly what book you're going to read. You know exactly what song you're going to listen to. You make a new habit easy by making it short. You break it down into these mini or tiny habits, kind of like following a recipe versus trying to make a cupcake from scratch. What is the smallest, easiest step you can possibly take? And then you're already headed in the right direction. And you automate these small steps as much as possible. When trying to form a new habit, you need to make it satisfying. Give yourself a little reward for executing that desired behavior. Maybe this is a little treat at the end of the day. Maybe it's a compliment you give yourself. Or you could think about the benefits of avoiding an undesired behavior, such as thinking at how much more effective your lungs are going to be when you're not smoking anymore. And keep track of your streak. So if you miss a day, it's easily noticed, and then you can get right back on track immediately. This is the same notion behind a sticker chart when you're trying to teach a small child how to learn a new behavior or to do their chores. Putting this all together, you may want to replace some current nighttime or pre-bed habits with some that are more sleep-friendly. One of your first cues would be sunset. If you have windows in your domicile, you will know when bedtime is only a couple hours away because it will get dark outside. That cue of sunset, number one, may trigger you to pause, absorb the beauty and the bounty of nature, reflect in awe at the power of this exploding ball of plasma, a nuclear reactor in the sky that gives life to all you see around you. Or two, may trigger you to remember to adjust the lighting in your room, turn off screens. A cue could be a specific time, such as 9.30 p.m. or midnight, to start your bedtime routines. A cue could be another behavior, such as yawning or the drooping of your eyelids, indicating that you're starting to feel sleepy. You can use an implementation intention, which is, again, this simple formula that I will action at time in location. So, For example, I will turn down the thermometer to 68 degrees at 9 p.m. in my bedroom. 
you can stack new desired habits onto existing ones to build out a new routine. For example, after I brush my teeth, I will write down three things I'm grateful for today. Or you could build in a reward behavior to reinforce a new desired one. For instance, after I finish exercising, then I will get a caramel macchiato. Or you could even pair new planning or preparation activities with an existing habit to lower the threshold for success and make it easier in the morning. Such as, after I clean up the dishes, I will prepare my breakfast in advance as much as possible so I won't feel rushed before work. As you stack more and more behaviors, you will flesh out a full routine. For example, habit one, stretch for 30 seconds as soon as I fall out of bed. Habit number two, 10 seconds of mindfulness before each sip of that scorching hot coffee. Habit number three, keeping up with your virtual spin class instructor while also watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians that you missed. Habit number four, diffuse from your unpleasant thoughts and give yourself a little compassion in the shower before heading off to work. Or in the evening after sunset. Habit number one, turn off electronic screens and adjust the indoor lighting. Habit number two, set smart thermometer to begin slow temperature decrease that will start to increase back up about halfway through the sleep period. Habit number three, read for pleasure. Habit number four, warm bath. Habit number five, while in the bath, write out a brain dump and organize into a functional to-do list for tomorrow. Habit number six, write out three things that you're grateful for. Habit number seven, PJ's on. Habit number eight, brush your teeth. Habit number nine, yogic stretching. Habit number 10, progressive muscle relaxation while lying in bed with the lights out. Habit number 11, fall asleep. We've been talking a lot on the importance of behaviors, of habits that set us up for a great night of sleep, to wake feeling rested, contrasted with habits that set us up for disrupted, insufficient, or just poor quality sleep resulting in waking unrefreshed, exhausted, or burnt out in the morning. Your daytime activities strongly influence your sleep that night, including physical activity that strengthens your natural sleep drive. Remember that buildup of adenosine we talked about in episode 14. The substances you ingest, especially caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol. And how and when you expose yourself to light in the morning, in the day, and at night and the activities of your mind, like mind racing or gratitude. Your environment, for example, the cues, also influence your behavior. Is your daytime environment supportive of staying awake, or does it make it too easy to take a nap and steal away your ability to sleep that night? Is your night environment sleep-friendly, or is it violently opposed to slumber? So if you think targeting better physical activity is a good way for you to positively impact your sleep, what would be a good cue to initiate exercise? What could you pair it with? Can you make it fun, like rock climbing or spin class with a friend? What are the smallest, simplest steps to take to tackle this new exercise regimen? Like putting on your activewear or putting your water bottle and gym ID next to the car keys. How can you stay accountable? Should you write down all the times you exercised or have a buddy to check in on you like a sponsor? When thinking about habits and habit formation, whether in relation to your sleep or something else, you're more likely to succeed when you think in terms of process and bigger picture, like your values, your life purposes, your identity, the kind of person you are or want to be. Process-focused habits are more impactful and likely to succeed than goal-focused. Do you want to lose 20 pounds 
Or are you the type of person who takes care of her body? Do you want to sleep for eight hours? Or are you the type of person who values good sleep and good wakefulness and understands that we all have good days and bad? Do you appreciate that not getting eight hours of sleep is not equivalent to failure? Do you want to fall asleep in under five minutes? Or do you want to be the type of person who chooses to live intentionally, mindfully, and skillfully with a lifestyle that encourages ease of falling asleep but does not dictate or guarantee it? If you found any of this helpful, please hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Whether or not you leave a review, I want to hear from you. A comment? What are your habits, desired or undesired? How do you plan to start a new or end an old habit? And what are your implementation intentions and habit stacking plans? Head over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.